Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. <coughs> NFL season starts. Training camps are, are in. Training camps are on. This is the real deal, guys. This is not a drill. Uh, we are uh, doing our first of many uh, preseason NFL deep dives. Um, and uh, we're joined by one of our great football buddies from Twitter, Alex Bartlett. Welcome again. Ba- welcome back to the deep dive. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely excited to talk some football. Finally, we have uh, we have been doing a, a, a little bit of appetizer football talk, Andy, uh, on the new uh, Two-A-Days YouTube uh, live show. Um, and uh, if you haven't checked that out, give that a look. Uh, you can find that on my Twitter timeline, Andy's Twitter timeline. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, come on in and chat live when we're in there talking football. Um, leave us some comments. Uh, you know, whatever you like. Uh, we're just having we're just having fun on this for now, and uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying it as well. Um, but uh, here we go. We get to do a real deal podcast. Can I interject really quickly? Sure. What got you guys thinking about doing that two a days thing? Or what? Or what was the starting point? I guess. Oh, we just we're so bored during the day. <laughs> Twitter Twitter was sucking, and we oh we'd always we talked about this honestly like probably week six of last year when we disagreed on a on a, like a Thursday night football game and we disagreed pretty hard. We were very polar on that and I joked we should do like dueling periscopes where we each make a case for it and then we just didn't do it. Because <laughs> well, par- dueling got, periscopes it, is not possible. That's we found not out possible, the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. But we, it, it got brought up three or four times and you know we just right. said you know what let's pivot to video. And I it, love it the is. Idea. It has love been the idea, fun. And I was just curious where you, uh, what, what got you guys thinking about that. So no, I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with this season. Yeah. So, uh, for now, at least to two days is just referring to we're going to do uh, two topics a day. Um, I kind of whatever's on my mind uh, and whatever's on Andy's mind, we kind of bring it to the table. Uh, we throw it out there. We we try to find a handicapping angle to kind of bring it to the uh, to the forefront for the viewers who presumably are watching because they love to bet on sports. Um, but uh, it's been a pain in the ass to learn how to do YouTube video, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but the video itself and like doing it has been really, really fun. I have, I have found. What do you thought, Andy? Oh, it's been fun. And I mean, just like any, I think you had high expectations of your possibly your your technical levels of knowledge that's true anything because it's just like everything else do you remember what was it episode like five of this podcast that we like i was leaving my office and you pinged me on dm and you're like hey that didn't record we have to do it again yes i do (laughs) so the night yeah we we literally did an entire one hour episode that we didn't even record came back did it came back did it the next day next man up growing pains yeah. It was yes, even worse than that, man. It was the it was like the it was like the the best one that we did. Uh Palooza, like uh, halfway through my computer dumped oh, and I didn't know about it. it and we had to record the whole second half over again. It was absolutely brutal. Um uh, but we've kind of worked our way through the kinks of uh podcasting. 
Uh, and now we've got this free-flowing NFL gambling long-form podcast, which is great for if you're in your car, if you're sitting at your office, and you want to listen to some, uh, you know, some some gambling content. But uh, you know, some people are on Twitter; they just want a little quick bite of what's going on in the NFL that day. Uh, and so we kind of figured, okay, well, we'll hit it. You know, it's video; it's different than the podcast. It's uh, it's short. We're only doing about 15 minutes. Uh, we're doing it daily as opposed to the deep dive, which we're doing, you know, twice a week. Uh, so for all these reasons, you know, it's uh, it's just uh, it's something else to add to the 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 deep dive media landscape. And, um, you know, presumably we get our act together and get a website up, up and running this uh, this preseason as well. And uh, in that vein. That's actually my first resolution for the new NFL year. Uh, and really, this this podcast, our whole our whole setup for this, since it's the, since it's the new year for us, at least as 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 NFL viewers. I know that the league year starts in like March or something dumb, um, but uh, but it's the new year for for NFL betting. Uh, and um, with that in mind, I want to do an episode here where we kind of talk about some of our New Year's resolutions for betting on the NFL this year. Um, and to kick it off, I'll New Year's say, in July. New Year's in July. The only uh, New Year's that matters. The only one that matters. The, oh, that's actually a very good point. Who cares about New Year's in January? It's like uh, <laughs> that. Well, right then, all I give a sh- get, you know, all I care about is uh, is get me to the playoffs. Um, I can get drunk in any any day of the year. Who cares about <laughs> New Year's or not? I just need the need the NFL New Year's to to tide me over here. That's right. So with training camps here, the new New Year has started. And uh, we'll go through some of our New Year's resolutions for betting NFL. And with that, I will start with, uh, yeah, we're going to get a website up. Uh, God damn it. If we don't uh, figure out a way to get all of our content in one place, a place to put some blogs so that they're not on Medium. It's, you know, a place to put our right, – right now we have content on YouTube, SoundCloud, Medium, all freaking over the place, Twitter, all over the place. So we're going to try to figure out a way to pull it all together. Uh, put it in one place, and so that's uh, that's the first of my resolutions, uh, and uh, ho- hopefully, I have some progress to report on that for us next week. Uh, Andy, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think I think that's a good one. I, it's not like I've been the nagging <clears throat> nagging wife or anything, but I have been <laughs> a little. <laughs> well, we talked big tough about that, so. Yeah. Um, this is I'm I think I'm probably stealing this from Alex, which is good because it works out that I'm going before him. But just <laughs> in, in in DMing and stuff, this one really hit home because I did start to bring this into a little more of a shape halfway through the season. But getting a routine, getting a routine down, because some of my some of the best bets I ever made were done on Sunday night or Monday morning when the when the lines were fresh before, you know, before I had all week to sit and think about stuff and overanalyze and let the lines get eat up by a very efficient market. I don't say, I don't think maybe we need to always be betting openers per se, but I think I do need to sit down and look at openers and just start to handicap immediately. Even as, as soon as lines are out, you know, and I'm so, trying to th- I'm trying to think of what time exactly, and, and that's going to be part of it. I need to figure out exactly when Five Dimes pops their openers up. I I want to be I want to be looking at them as soon as they're there, looking at the power numbers and seeing if there's anything way way off right away, and possibly grabbing some soft soft numbers if they're there. So, so Andy, more than once. 
Andy, you actually stole this one. Uh, this this was my number one, and you actually stole it from me. So I'm. Uh, oh, I know I did. Out of here. You guys really don't need me anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so I, I I love this one, right? I am a I'm a process oriented person. I I mean the outcome you win money you lose money. Obviously you want to win more than you lose, but but I I I love the process. I love sitting down. I love crunching the numbers. I love you know looking at lines and 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 tracking that line movement and whatever. And I I I hit a rough patch in the middle of last NFL season, where where things I could just you know things were not breaking my way and and I sat down. And it's like, all right, what's going on here? And and I realized, obviously, this isn't all of it, but one of the one of the things that really kind of bothered me as a process oriented person is that some weeks I was I was looking into my my power numbers or updating my power numbers on Monday. Some weeks I was updating them on Wednesday. Some days I was trying to get my early bets in on 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 a Tuesday after my you know like there I was just all over the place. So I, I sat down and I, I came up with with kind of a schedule where on Sunday, as the games were kind of wrapping up, I, I kind of wanted to look at them and see how things were going and, and see if there was any, you know, quote unquote narratives that might be developed from those games. Uh, Monday was kind of an update, update the power numbers. Tuesday was, you know, was was beginning to round my bets for that next week into shape. And seeing if there was any any soft spots in the market where that could be exploited, and trying to get bets in and whatever, um, and and I kind of found as I developed that process of you know Sunday I'm doing this, Monday I'm doing that, Tuesday I'm doing this, you know Wednesday I'm doing that, that that things began to be a little more clear, and it it just it it felt a little more smooth to me, um, not only in the betting sense, but but even like. You know, I, I got a lot of stuff going on. I got work. I've got a long-term relationship. I need to balance my time. I'm I'm a busy guy. And even then, you know, so on on Monday from seven to nine, you know, my wife knows that I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, honey, but I'm going to be doing, doing some <laughs> NFL betting stuff. Let's let's try and plan date night on you know Thursday when I'm free. And and even that I think helped quite a bit. There was just less stress of of all of it, you know. Oh gosh, that's a great call. All this is 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 really resonating. Uh, Alex, let me ask you a question: it, Is it even possible to make a plus EV bet on Sunday? And in particular, is it possible to make a plus EV bet for the uh, for the Sunday night game before the game starts? Like in that dead space right there? Like, or is like you know, under what circumstances would you even get involved in in uh, in trying to make a play that late in the week? Uh, well, I, so here's a, a you know, and again, I think this is important. Uh, the, you know, as Andy said, the NFL market is so efficient and the lines are the, so sharp. I, I, I was bad with this last year and this kind of goes to one of my resolutions. I want to be betting earlier in the week consistently this year. I, I tend to think if, you know, if you're waiting for that extra half a point on Sunday, or if you're waiting for all the information to come in on Sunday, you're already behind the market. And, and does that, it's possible that you could find some value on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> that's the exception, I, exception, right. not the rule. I, I tend to think the only time that's going to happen is if maybe you, you cross that key number and you get a plus three or a plus seven, 
but even then, you know, you're, you're going against so much of that money that drove it to be a key number. You know, do you really want to be betting into that? So that I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, that was one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up was that, you know, this week, as far as being process oriented, I want to try and get my bets in earlier this week. You know, there were several times last year I would wait until Sunday, hoping I could squeeze every half point out of the market while, you know, understanding that the market gets more and more efficient, more and more sharp as the week goes on, but not, you know, in some ways kind of ignoring that and still continuing to bet into it on Sunday. And it it worked out for me last year, but it's not going to work out long term. So my goal is to try and try and get my bets in earlier, beat that closing line and, and hopefully have a better season as far as that goes. I love that resolution. And that actually plays into my, uh, next resolution directly, uh, which is I kind of got that part down, I suppose, last year. I was getting almost all my action in on Tuesday and Wednesday. And by like the end of the day, Wednesday, I wasn't really adding any, I wasn't really adding or taking any. Actually, you know what? The process that worked the best for me, and I could try a bunch of different uh, alternatives, but the process that worked the best for me was getting my card 90% of the way there. I hadn't executed all the bets that I was going to place recording the deep dive, (laughs) talking through it all, realizing like, actually, you know what? That's a position I've kind of talked myself out of just kind of going back and forth with the, with, uh, with Andy on stuff. Uh, and, uh, and then kind of finalizing everything on like, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, posting my card finally on, uh, you know, whatever, you know, posting my card at that time. Um, Saturday. Well, I was. I don't think I ever posted a card later than Thursday. Uh, I'll have to go back and double check. Yeah, I'm just. But uh, but the but the resolution for for me for the the next resolution is uh, I am going to do a better job of keeping track of my closing line value this year. Um, it's something that I've always known in the back of my head is super duper important and is much more of a strong indication of. Uh, how successful you are at handicapping a specific uh, sport and how well you're beating the market is that's the truest indicator. There's really no denying this, Uh, but it's always something that I've always kind of thrown my hands up and said, ah, you know, crazy things happen on Sunday. The market's all over the place. Who really cares about what the closing number is? I'm just going to get the best of the number when I'm handicapping it and then just kind of let it be. Um, And so I'm going to do a damn, you know, much more careful job of kind of keeping track of what happens to the line after I place my bet, doing a good job of kind of reporting, okay, well, this line changed and went in this direction because the weather forecast went from, oh, it was going to rain to, oh, full on blizzard or, you know, fine, you know, people all of a sudden realized, oh, it's going to be a windy day at the Meadowlands and the total dropped four points because of that. You know, I'll, I'll keep track of those sort of things so that I can kind of separate the noise from the actual, um, you know, I've, I've crafted a sharper number on this particular spot than the market opened uh, and I did scoop some line value. Um, because I think it is, you know, we learned this from our guest last week on the deep dive berry horse, how important it is to kind of separate luck based and, and, uh, kind of, um, you know, from, from true, uh, outcomes. Uh, and, um, and so I think, uh, kind of the first step though, is just doing a better job of kind of self-evaluating the bets I've placed and how well I've done against the market. Um, have you ever, any of you guys ever tracked closing line value? Not in football. It's so a lot I'm easier. Just, otherwise. I just yeah. I, I get happy when uh, when I you know I catch a minus two and a half and ends up being four at 
kick off. You know, I love that. And maybe I should write those down in my little journal and say, well, good for Andy today. I, I do I do get where you're coming from, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth looking at. Working a little backwards here, Whale. Uh, I, I, maybe you guys touched on this last week with Barry Horse, but why why is it so important to track closing line value? I know that's a hot topic on Twitter, and, yeah. and ultimately it does matter. But why why does it matter? Okay, so for the I have two reasons. <laughs> one of them is shallow, and one of them is meaningful. I'll go with the shallow one first, which is uh, let's say that you got invited to participate in some sort of like international football betting conference, right? And you go and like you actually want to have bona fide cred, like oh no, I am like an advantage better in the NFL. Like I should be, I have a good reason to be here, right? Uh, there's really no way to do that. Other than, you know, just saying, okay, well, I have a sterling reputation, but, you know, you can get followers on Twitter lots of different ways. And we know, you know, that, that there's plenty of uh, kind of, you know, people who just kind of generate <laughs> following and, and generate uh, reputation on, on air, right? Uh, and not really having like being able to say, hey, look, you know. The NFL season is a relatively small sample size, even 16 weeks, even making, you know, 11 plays or whatever a week, like there's still noise and you can have a season where you don't, you can't necessarily hold up a sheet and say, you know, Hey, I won 50 units this season betting the NFL. Therefore I'm an advantage better. I think I need to be able to have this in my pocket to say, you know, Hey, look, like I was consistently getting, uh, getting plays in at a time of the week when there were, you know, when they, they were in, the lines when they were taking substantial size bets on the on the lines and i was beating the market by x cents on the given number that i bet um and right now i can't really say that i really don't know how i did last year when it comes to this and so i am a little bit kind of you know if, if some like a true a true sharp who's been around a long time pressed me on this like oh yeah you're a plus you're a, you're an advantage better in football you think uh, well, what was, what was, you know, show me some statistics. I would be able to say, okay, well, I can show you the plays I made over the last three years. I've documented it all. I've made this much money. Uh, but I really can't say how I've done relative to the market. Uh, whatsoever. I, have a, I have a good question too. Like a sure. lot of, a lot of, uh, things I've seen tracked involve money line sports, hockey, baseball, possibly, you know, MMA or combat sports or say, you know, I bet the Ray is at, you know, plus 120, they close at minus 110, 30 cents of closing line value. How yes. do you propose to track it? Are you going to give each point indexing, you know, indexing? I think it's even easier. It's even easier than that, man. Uh, if I bet into Oakland Raiders plus three at minus 105 today, right? And if the line moves to two and a half, Minus one fifteen, right? And you say, well, yep. well, you got a half point and some some and some money, right? Like, how do you calculate? Okay, well, I, I'm looking now at okay, well, what is three? What does three go for, right? Like, because you that's can true. still, you know, no, I can, that's I what can I'm saying. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta give each move a price. Like from two and a half to three, you have to give it a an index price. Yeah, right. As, and, you know, and I that, think, that's worth fifty cents. And, and right, that, that right. that's all I wanted to know was. You right. you will. That's how you're gonna do it. You're gonna give each move some sort of price index. I, not e I was actually I was I was gonna keep it even simpler than that. Three is that's always something you can buy to, 
right? I mean, the, the, like the lines aren't moving so much. Like, like, oh yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, you, like you can get a price quoted on whatever number you. Oh no, bet that, into, that's what right? I'm. That's so exactly what know. I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah right? Like, uh, it, you know what the difference between two and a half and three is on right. five dime, for example. You just absolutely, do the pull down menu, and you can say absolutely. from two and a half to three is twenty cents. So. If it was minus one ten at two and a half, and it's minus one ten at three, it's it's twenty cents. Right. So the difference. What I want to so, know though is the difference in the price that I bet minus one hundred five for three, and then the price that it, they would ask for when the kickoff starts for that same three points. Yeah, right? I got So so it might be like my, like in a perfect world, something crazy happens. Aaron Donald holds out for the Rams. Uh, you know, the Todd Gurley pulls his cammy and training camp or whatever and it turns out that that opens at a pick em. then if you know to back to get that same oakland plus three they might ask for minus 165 i'm going to take the difference in minus 165 and minus 105 as the as the uh the value that i've gotten from betting into that market early does that sound like a reasonable approach alex it does um if i could add a couple well, a couple. Of, well, one thing to that, and then to branch off into a completely different topic. I I think tracking your CLV, your closing line value, is is absolutely important. But it's also important to understand, uh, you know, who who or or who you should be tracking that closing line value against. Great if point. You're tra- if you're tracking it against the same book you you place the bet at, yeah, that that's great. But but ultimately. Pinnacle Sportsbook, which unfortunately we don't have access to in the U.S., <laughs> is the or England. Yeah. I found out. I found out England doesn't have it. That's I, crazy. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that. But ultimately, that is the sharpest, sharpest sportsbook in the world. Those are going to have the the most accurate, the sharpest closing lines. Yeah. Yes, they have. They have a reduced vigor. If I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong here. I believe they they run minus 105 both ways instead of minus 110 they do offer very 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 competitive prices yes right so but ultimately you know if you're getting you know even if you're getting a plus four and a half on a a very square book like bovada and it closes plus four and a half on bovada but it closes plus four on pinnacle you're still getting theoretically the best of that number because pinnacle's numbers are going to be sharper they're going to be they're going to be better they're going to be more well bet they're more they're more liquid those are kind of the numbers you want to compare what you're betting into what the closing line is. Um, that I completely agree with. I completely agree with. And actually, I I would I would even speculate. I mean, I would even say that like anyone that's out there holding up closing line value as some badge of honor, like, hey, look at how great I did on closing line value. I think you absolutely have to say, okay, well, you know. Where, where, like, how, how did you calculate these? What books did you use? Did, was it based on penny closing lines? I, I think those are hugely important questions. And, uh, and without a doubt, um, you know, I, I guess at least from where I think, from where I sit, it, 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 this all has to kind of come from high limit, uh, you know, widely respected books in some way, shape, or form. Like, I'm, I'm, for NFL at least, I place all my books, all my action at Bookmaker. But which I think is offers higher limits relatively early in the week, which is why I kind of picked them as sort of my go-to for most of like 80% of my NFL bankroll will be there. And then another like 20% I'll screw around with that five times. But like that, that's kind of 
how I ended up there is because at least for as a US, U.S. facing better, I know I can, if I want to put a large bet down relatively early in the week to get a number, I know I can do that at Bookmaker. You can't do that everywhere, right? And so even if like you're, if, if you're a great, you know, if you're a real sharp underdog, you know, better and you're picking off lines at Bovada, uh, you have it li- issues there with, uh, you know, circled bets and, and limits. And, you know, if you're an advantage player, they're eventually going to kick you out or limit you to a dollar a player or whatever. Uh, so I don't think it's necessarily, I, you know, I can't hold it up as like credibility card if, if this is all calculated based on Bovada bets made right. compared to penny closing lines because that's kind of a fictitious uh, scenario. And, and I, I, I mean, specifically but don't, don't know. You think- that, that specific example real quick i i know 100 percent that they look out they have algorithms that track are you betting arbitrage on penny lines and they will kick you off i know it. i got so, with that last year yeah, yeah. yeah. and i'm yeah. not even remotely yeah. near a limit better like I, yes, i'm gonna be yes. totally honest i'm not a limit better and i got hit with the, the penny arbitrage like yes yeah super low yeah. super low <laughs> limits and crappy lines at Bavada yes. and like yes it's a bummer because that book is so square there's so many juicy numbers there yes yeah. but yeah, i, I so, think anyway. to, be, to be fair if you're if you're getting a I mean, let's say a shittier public book like that. Sometimes they have a better number than Pinnacle. Yeah, that's true. Often. Just like we said with the arbitrage, if you're looking for a dog and you're betting at a public book, I mean, just just because you didn't go to a, a sharp book and go to the, you know, go to the sharpest number like that, maybe maybe you're on the other side and there is value. And I think you should always compare it to the pinnacle number. So even if, you know, even in that example, if you're using a, a way different book and, and we are getting way off top, we're just going, we're <laughs> yeah, going, oh, this, this is this a is CLV episode. Stuff. No, this but, is fascinating and, and stuff. To, to, the, really to the point of pinnac- using pinnacle too, it ties in again to last week with Barry Horse. I believe, and I'm almost 100% sure he said that, that's what he was using for his, you know, his plays in his, his model were based off inefficiency compared to Pinnacle's prices, even yeah, though yeah. he can't bet on Pinnacle. <laughs> that we know. But, but that's just <laughs> – it, it is, it is yeah. probably the benchmark you should use. You should use Pinnacle's closing lines. And if yeah. you are consistently – I don't know. What do you think is – what do you think is good – a good kind of point, a set point <sighs> to try to get? Man, I don't think I could I... throw a number out there. I think we should track it this year and then we'll see. I do. And then we'll I, yeah. Add and 30% actually, of that. And, that's yeah. Speed. And the last, the last point I wanted to make on this is uh, kind of goes to, you know, one, I was saying it was kind of selfish sort of uh, resume building. Like uh, I want to have credibility. I want to be able to say this for credibility's sake. Right. The other uh, angle on this is like, I actually think this will make me a sharper better if I can look at results and compare them to closing line value and see like be able to kind of help find some focus between what might have been luck based and what was actually strong handicapping does that make sense yeah what what's the why why did the line move for or against me did i make the correct read or you know do i have a reason why i thought the line was short or was it just purely you know throw throw darts and and you got lucky Right. And I feel like you can look back in a little bit of more hindsight, do a little bit more careful self-evaluation if you have that as sort of a, at least a data set, right? Like, okay, these were, these were the plays where I got closing line value and they 
went X, they went 14 and 11. And that, you know, and these are the plays that I got uh, where I didn't get, where, where the line moved against me and they went, you know, five and two or whatever. Right. And I can say, okay, well, I shouldn't necessarily consider the five and two as part of a sample of, I did handicap them well because it's potential that within that mess there are some, you know, there were some lucky wins. <laughs> and yeah, you you could have bet in you could have bet into something minus three one ten, and it could have closed at you know minus one, and and you they end up winning by six, and right. you did not you won you made your money you took a, a W, but you were fifty cents off. Yes. Or, or 40, yes, 30, yes. 35 yeah. to 40 cents off. I know like, there's examples like up. this happened last year. I know they're oh, yeah. out there. Yeah. I would and say I'll, I'd yeah. say in your in your totals for sure. Oh, for sure. You had you had without some totals doubt. move against you in a but, lot. So, all right, I, who's I, up next? Who's up next? I, this is all this is all interesting it, conversation, but we should. It sounds so pretentious, but ultimately yeah. they're not smarter than the market. Just understand that. Yes, that is a great, great point. Uh, speaking of pretentious and not smart and uh, and oh, kind of bad betting advice, Andy, Andy, do you have any more? Yeah. Do you have any more? Uh, <laughs> another resolution? They should, you should write that up, Alex. So some sort of <laughs> hypothesis about the markets being efficient. I think that would sell. Uh, I might have stole that from somebody. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that is true. You just got to, you got to grind Find the good numbers, and a little luck doesn't help or doesn't hurt. So, oh, what were we doing again? New Year's resolutions? Yeah. What's your next resolution? You got anything related to like uh, bad betting advice or anything like that? Yeah. So I kind of looked back at everything I did, and this is Whale's fault because at the beginning <laughs> of last year, Whale, you you seem to think, and I to throw you under the bus, you said I, we were talking. Talking just when we first met about football, and I said, "You can't bet a primetime game just to bet a primetime game." And you said, <laughs> "Oh, contraire, mon frere." You said, "I think there's more information available." And I still think that's true. That, that's ahead. true, but it doesn't mean the line. That means the line. If you have more, if you have more information about more a game, efficient. <laughs> who who else in this equation probably also has more information? Yes, everyone. So everyone. I yes. I tried to talk you out of that. I was no good at it. I just gave up on it, and then I bought into it. And I did. It's not like I bought into it, but I was just you know with all the interaction on Twitter, it was fun to just say, "Well, it's Monday Night Football. I don't like anything. I didn't get a good number. I don't have a great read. Here's a teaser." Ah. So yes. I did so much of that, where I would just do a low limit bet on a teaser and i was kind of pissed because they did kind of good which goes back to what alex said about just because you did good doesn't mean you had a read and also the fact that you're teasing a single game means you're teasing a total which i mean don't do that yeah. so I'm, I'm actually i'm actually yeah. working on an article that'll follow this it's almost done 95 percent done i'm gonna i'm still gonna do teasers i think a guy can make money done properly in a small enough you know amount as far as how many you're doing I, I too many teasers is bad i I'm, I'm basically writing the 10 commandments of teasers and it's probably not even going to be 10. it'll be whatever number <laughs> i end up with. But, and and by the it's not i'm not telling anybody what to do i'm telling me what to do 
these are going to be my rules for this. This is how I'm going to bet teasers this year. And I think I'm going to do some follow-up on it throughout the season, kind of track what happened with it. And I've done some research, and I looked into some things that I used to do with teasers, and I don't know how I, I guess, still own a house or a car. I should <laughs> Like, what was I thinking doing some of these things? Just like they're they're absolutely in the long run. Like, what about what is it about totals? What is it about teasing in totals specifically? It doesn't matter which way you go. If you go up or down over the, uh, how far back does the SDQL go? Two thousand four. I think nineteen ninety. Yeah. Ninety. Oh, I don't. I don't know how far it went back. But if you teased a total up six or down six over the course of However long it was, those those win at like in a single leg, it wins at like sixty seven, sixty eight percent, which is about which is about five, yeah, it's about five or six percent short of the break even, which is seventy two point three six, I think it was. So yeah, it if you tease totals in the long run, it's just it's not going to work out unless you really think you have some sort of model that can can make totals. I'm excited for your article, Andy. Uh, basic teaser strategy, my friend. And oh, if yeah. you think about it, as you know, a seven to keep it simple, a seven-point teaser on a game where, you know, the uh, say for example, the favorite minus seven total forty. Uh, you're adding seven points. What's more valuable? Adding seven points to, you know, the total. Total 40, so now you're at 47, or adding seven points to the spread, and now you go from seven to 14. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's it's painfully obvious. Like, when, like <laughs> I, I, said, I said the same thing, but it's just they get you but in you that trap. That like, so often. Unless you want to leave it open, if you want to do anything on a game like that, like, well, you have to do the total. And it, it's tough. That, that's, what, that's what always got me. Because during a Sunday, I would never tease a total. It would always be two, 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 team, lines. two, two sides, yeah, two, yeah. two spreads, yeah. So that that was, I mean, that's a number one. And then obviously, got I get into Wong teasers, I get into basic strategy, and then kind of build on that because even those, the the margins are kind of razor thin, even if you do perfect Wong in the last few years. So that'll be. I don't want to tease too much on that, but yeah, I'll have something out. You don't and want to tease too much, pun, in, pun intended. Oh, my goodness, uh, Andy. My oh, God. Oh, I had to slide yeah, that one by us. Let's just say I meant to use that pun because I don't know. Let me spin this there. into – I don't have a ton to talk about about teasers, but I want to sp- – you, you kind of scratched uh, – you kind of cleared the ice on the windshield about something else that I have not thought about in a long time or really haven't made a connection to here that I want to get your guys' opinion on. So – totals like there's an un- there's a reason that teasers don't work well for totals right or and, college football or basketball <laughs> or yes or nba yeah. right? don't do those things either or nba right and They're one not of using the using re- nba totals any basketball <laughs> any, any basketball <laughs> and one of the, and the reason the, the reason I, I think i think the underlying reason is points aren't as valuable right because the misfit can be by a substantially larger margin, right? Like the average miss on a total and the versus the average miss on the spread has got to be bigger, 
right? I mean, that's got to be right. the underlying reason that you're not seeing these totals perform well on teasers. Do you, would you guys agree with the general premise? Oh, for yes. sure. So this this now is making me wonder and if there's any credibility to this because I had been doing this for NBA for now for two seasons, uh, selling points. Like when you know that the misfit is, you know, when you know that there's, you know, the lines are, you know, the, the totals are going to miss by, you know, on average eight points in the NBA, then selling a point to get your juice from minus 110 to minus 102 is a no freaking brainer. Like you're just not going to lose enough over the course of the season to uh, to not recoup that value, and I kind of learned that the good way uh, betting NBA last season. I'm wondering, do you think that kind of key numbers in totals are potentially a little overblown, uh, and that there may be some value in trying to explore? Should we be selling points on totals this year? Boy, when you're talking about the NBA, let's just put the range from 180 to 220. And then you're talking the NFL, let's say 35 to 55. Sure, 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 sure. The, 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 there's an order of magnitude there, and the difference between, you know, it, it, there's, it's four times bigger, essentially, four to five times bigger, I think. So essentially, selling one point back in the NFL should get you, how much do you get selling a half point back in the NBA? 10 cents? Uh, close, about eight cents. About eight cents. Wow. So if you sell, if you sell a half point back in the NFL, you should be getting forty cents. I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. So that's a good I, point. I, okay. I think, I think maybe it's, around key, key number, key numbers get tricky, especially you know the advent of the two point conversion was added, and the and then you know more recently the longer extra point. You can get some wonky numbers. Um, that that screws with the that screws with the you know the key number thing, but I still don't know if I would move too far off of some of that. Maybe if you were in a weird dead number, you know, no like brainer. a four, yeah. a, four a 43 and a half, or you know, if you sold that to 43, 42 and a half, depending on what kind of money you got back, like you know, if you're not going to get. 10, 15 cents to sell a half point back. I, I, I haven't looked too deep into how much you get by selling points back at five dimes. It's, yeah. It might be worth something doing some, some back testing on. That's uh, kind See of interesting. See if they're accurately priced. Did, okay. did you think of that before or did that just come to you? Just uh, just you talking about t totals missing teasers was like, oh my gosh, this sounds a lot like kind of the underlying philosophy about how I approach the NBA market. Um, it's interesting though. Uh, I mean, certainly... There's certainly are dead numbers, right? Like if you're betting under 42, like might as well take under 41. I mean, it's that there's not that much difference between 41 and 42. Um, you know, really, you're talking about the difference between, uh, uh, you know, 40 and 43 ish. You know, so I, I'm, trying, uh, I'm trying to think about the the kind of bias it is. If it's anchoring bias or or just something. Or you will always remember those games that you had forty-two and a half, and it was that's a you know, great point. And, You're and, it, and, it, right. and it turned out it turned out thirty, you know, thirty-five to seven. Yes, you're not going to remember. Very, yeah. You're not going to remember those games where you took under forty-two and the game ended ten to three. Like those aren't those aren't games that stick in your memory. There's such a bias to think about. Oh man, I just remember this one that lost by the hook or. You know, oh, yeah. they missed an extra point to lose by the hook, or yeah, it was a yeah. last-second field goal that went it over by one point. 
you know, yeah. it, it would be worth definitely worth doing some back testing on this. I don't think I can say one way or the other. Do you, you think, think so? Uh, I was just going to say, do you do you do you think that's the case? Because last year I had Vikings minus four in the playoffs, and I, I remember the bet won, but I don't remember how or why it won. But I just, I, you know, I don't I don't really care about the rest of it. I just remember that it won. See, because I because I sold points on that to get my juice down, and I was at five and a half, and I remember that very, 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 very clearly because I was uh, I waited around for twenty minutes watching the broadcast, hoping that they would just come out and kick a motherfucking extra point at the end of that game, so they would win by six. <laughs> oh man, no, oh, man. I, I on the flip side of selling points, I think maybe one of my resolutions would be to not that I do this a ton, but. Stop buying points. I think ultimately you are paying a premium for, you know, half points that largely in the grand scheme of things don't matter. And the the books have obviously correctly priced those. So if you are buying, you know, plus two and a half to plus three, you're paying a, you know, 25, 30 cent premium on something that maybe shouldn't be priced that high. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to buy points and thinking they're going to, you know, it, it increases their chances of winning or pushing when in reality, all you're doing is buying peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And it, it's, it goes back to that. Somebody said this to me once I'm a degenerate gambler when it comes to uh, getting into a casino. I like, uh, I like little cards. I like little dice. And one of the best things somebody ever said to me, at a blackjack table when it came to insurance or anything like that, side bets. And they said, if the casino offers you something, it's not a good idea. They're doing it for a reason. Because <laughs> in, 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 in math guys will tell you taking insurance and at a blackjack table is a bad idea in the long run. So it's just, it just, it's the same premise to me. They're offering, Oh, you want to buy this? You want to buy this half point? And it's priced at a premium. It absolutely, I, I'm sure we could find an article that would say, here's what a half point is actually worth and here's what a book charges for it. I'm sure I've read something like that. I, I know it's a bad idea. Like it, it's so tempting though, when you, when you get to sort towards those key numbers. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, that is a struggle. But so, it feels uh, so good. You're, you're being offered <laughs> three and a half. That, that plus four just looks so much, so much easier, so much more tempting. Here's the other. Here's the other important point, though, Alex. Uh, if uh, if you want three and a half because you think the game is going to end at three, you shouldn't be betting it. <laughs> there right. is no. You don't have an edge. <laughs> like that's the moral of the story here. Uh, like uh, if, you, if, <laughs> if you think uh, the home team's going to win by by but three points, you don't. You don't have an edge. Buy that half point whale. <laughs> And then when they win by three, you confirm it to yourself. Oh man, I, I think that's really how that works. Handicapping stuff. <laughs> okay, I love this. I love this talk, and I'm going to pivot again. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find resolution. my ticket right now. I think I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> I bet Vikings money line that day. I oh, didn't love were, the line. You are way <laughs> too sharp for this podcast. Oh, I paid so. I paid too sharp like, for this podcast. Paid like minus one sixty five for that. <laughs> so it was so painful. Dude, and this discussion. Like, oh, this is okay. And all my buddies had the the spread. Oh god! So they, they were like, "Just kick it! Why wouldn't you kick it? Just kick Why it! Why wouldn't you kick it? Just kick the damn field goal!" I because I, I yeah yeah this pivots exactly into my next resolution, which is I am no longer laying the juice to bet plus two, plus two and a 
half plus one and a half. These, those will no longer, these will no longer be uh, on any cards I post all season long. If I have an edge on a team that is in that range, I'm betting them on the money line and I will uh, reap the benefits in the long run based on the difference in price. And I'm going to do this more confidently this year. If it's a relatively close spread and I have an edge on the underdog, I'm betting the money line. And uh, I regret not doing this many, many times last year. Uh, I felt like I tricked myself. I, I did the exact thing that Alex was talking about, peace of mind, like tricking myself. Like the handful of times I made the leap, I was like, okay, well, I'm particularly confident that this team is going to pull off the upset. And then they would lose. And I would be like, God damn it, why did I do this? And, and uh, it felt like it never really worked out, but it was all kind of mental. I went back and looked at my model and just kind of confirmed this. Um, and, and so basically I'm just – I'm going to play more Moneyline underdogs this year uh, just as a matter of um, – you know, of, of having uh, a better long-term price. And there, there's a hundred percent an article that I will be able to find that just <laughs> outlines that like betting 2.5 versus the money line is plus 2.5 <laughs> rather. You should always bet the money line on plus 2.5 or, and I think maybe plus two also. So just in the long run, there's, that's, that's a plus EV move. Yeah. Shout out Christian Pina. He's been on this for uh, he's been preaching this on gambling Twitter for a couple of years now. Yeah, don't cap the uh, spread, just cap the winner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, it works out well for him because he fades the Browns and bets the Patriots, though. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, <it'll... laughs> no the Browns are going to catch up to him one day. <laughs> I don't have any Browns resolutions this year. I'm going to go in with an open. I mind. can't Clean talk slate. Browns. I'm Clean slate again. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Clean slate. Okay. Um, we got C, C and Faye. Kean? Kean Faye. Kean. Kean, yeah. He rated he rated the Ravens below the below the Browns in his rankings. What? Oh. Suma, yeah, that's Are Suma you just serious? He's he's in there just incredulous right now. <laughs> like I gotta close that chat because he's He's gonna he's gonna break something. Yeah, those, those rankings are a little while. So whose turn was it for a resolution? No block. Uh, everybody that disagrees everybody, with everybody him gets too. Another, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no, he was, I'm blocked. He was doing it gloriously today, and I was just like, dude, did you not learn anything? All right, fine. He has no politics on Twitter. That's for sure. Um, and I don't mean <laughs> politic politics. I just mean he doesn't know how to you know whatever whatever he can do whatever he wants. Um, Andy, you got any uh, anything resolution wise uh, on the top of your head? I would like to – I don't – I'm not a big model guy for NFL. I – power numbers and situation and trying to get an early number or get the best number, that's all I want to do with sides. I'm not great with totals. <clears throat> I, I don't bet nearly as many totals as you. Obviously, I don't bet as many games as you. <laughs> you know, my card's usually like three, four, five. Yours is bigger. But I don't. I, I lean towards sides. I do better at those. I do bet totals. I think I, I do good on the totals I bet on because it really takes the sore thumb sticking out one to me to bet it. But I would like to work on some sort of model for totals. And even if it's a process throughout the year and it doesn't get bet and it's just something I'm back testing and playing with throughout the year, maybe for 2019. But I want to – I mean, you, people do it for 
for baseball totals, I see you see all kinds of models for like expected goals in hockey and soccer. I feel like I feel like if I fiddle around with it enough, I can come up with something. So it's kind of it's it's more of a project. And who knows if it's something that's comes together faster than I think, and it's working. You know, as I'm pretend betting with it over the first <laughs> half of the season, it might. It might uh, it might come to fruition where I use it, but who knows? It might be shit, and you can't predict totals. Like, but so, I, I do want to. I do want to work on something like that. I, I love want this. to. I, I, yeah, I want to just. I might even. It's like uh, getting back to Barry Horse. I might learn a little more coding beyond, you know, just visual basic. Yeah, do some do like. some scraping yeah. with R. That's all I know how to do right now. So do some pi- Python uh, uh, bots. Okay, um, Alex, are you a totals betting guy? I I am, I am not a totals guy. I'm pretty much strictly sides. I, I'm I mean I'm happy if I end up getting 30, 35, 40 bets in in a season. I'm I'm low volume, hopefully high quality. I. Don't, I'm not your guy to go to if you're looking for totals advice here. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll that makes add... three of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a little, uh, I have a little uh, totals talk, I guess, and a little modeling talk, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to influence your approach, Andy. I just want, I'm, I'm gonna follow along very with, with, with uh, extreme interest and see, you know, what you end up using as your inputs and, and how it ends up playing out. Um, oh no! I'll be looking. I'll be looking for some advice. One of the things that really got me bad last year, um, a particular, particularly betting totals on Wednesday, uh, and uh, and then seeing the line move against me on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, was I did not meaningfully incorporate weather into my totals handicap last year, and I, it stung me hard. Um, come November, December, um, there, I, I'll never forget. I think the worst bet I made all season, I know it, I know which one it was, uh, not just because I picked the wrong side, but because the line moved like a good touchdown against me. I was on the over in the chiefs giants game in the Meadowlands in like 35 mile an hour winds. <laughs> and he's just laughing at me. He's just laughing at me. I was so convinced that the Giants defense had just full on quit. Uh, my model inputs were basically like I had, I had them, you know, expected to perform at like a 10th percentile or something incredible, incredibly low. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, it was just one of those days where, you know, the only what the only pass that was completed was like a Kelsey pass or something like crazy like that in the first half. Oh. I mean, it was that that was, this this was dead before it even freaking got to half. Like the end of the first quarter, it was like, oh no, you know, maybe a couple field goals get scored in this game. Uh, and I was sitting on like a over forty one or forty two ticket, and I was like, this is the worst line I've seen in forever. The Giants totally quit. They had just given up like forty points to the Rams alone, and here I'm thinking. The Chiefs are going to come in and do a, you know, they, they were Chiefs were in looking for a get right game on offense. And I was like, this Chiefs offense is just going to drop a bomb on these guys. Uh, I can, couldn't get more money down on the over if I tried. Uh, and that was the worst bet. And I blame the fact that I did not incorporate weather into my total in that particular instance. So I'm going to do a better job of that. So now we're, now we're getting into kind of handicapping territory, but 
I, I tend to be a believer that weather in a lot of ways is kind of overrated other than wind and the wind forecasts can change so quickly that in some ways, yeah, you're right. It, it does make sense to bet closer and close, but again, somebody out there who's already betting into this line has got the information, the same information as you can get that money in faster, can get that money down faster. And, and, and again, is that line, already so sharp that it's not worth betting into you know it's, it's kind of hard to say great point and I, I will agree that the wind is wind is more important than rain wind is more important than a little snow i guess the outlier to that would be if there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground <laughs> like the, i i oh, bet I the yes out of that colts was it colts bills it was colts bills yes and that, that should have been. I was. Oh, I wanted. I wanted a tie so bad in that game, and because it didn't matter. I had. I don't remember what my under was, but I did. I. I, I should have put that in a pleaser. I'd have bet oh, under yeah. twenty five. Like that, that game. <laughs> that was a terrible game to watch. Yet I watched it. Oh, it it was, was so fun though. Yeah. So entertaining. Should have bet under fourteen or whatever the hell the final score was. <laughs> like, no, I yeah. should have found some some alt totals on that. Oh, you know, man, it was, was a. Fun. That but was, yeah, wind, uh, wind is that much was more so important. fun. That was such a fun game. And did you see that NFL just did the stupid rule change on that where there it's now like a full on like massive penalty to be clearing snow for a kicker? Like what's wrong with the it. NFL? I, love <laughs> it. I want chaos. When it's they like did that, they did yell at them. I want them trying to kick the ball when the ball is completely like, <laughs> completely covered in snow. I want pure chaos in that scenario. You remember that you remember the point after that Vinatieri kicked that Oh yeah. Hook? Oh yeah. That hook, it was oh, 6 yeah. feet 6 out, feet outside yeah. of the post. It didn't even come close. Knuckleballed, yeah. yeah. There was one that knuckleballed out and one that knuckleballed in. It well, yeah, that, so that one, it hooked, it hooked in. It was a weird, weird kick. And then, oh, yeah, one so was weird. one was just awful. Yeah, and, yeah no, they, yeah, they yeah. did. They, I remember they the rule was, and I don't know, I guess I'm not up to date on the change that you're talking about. The rule was that if you're on the field, you can help clear snow. But they tried to bring in people from the sideline to help do it. And the ref, he put the kibosh on that right away. He made them turn around, but they they were able to clear a little bit, just like with their hands. Just the linemen were down there digging. That was that was fun. So that was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, they, it's just a no fun league rule, basically. They uh, they just tried to take some fun out of it. But anyway, anyway, that was a great game, great fun. Uh, Alex, do you have any uh, any resolutions on the top of your head for this coming year? Um, I'm I'm I've pretty well used mine up. Although I did have one thing I wanted to bring up, which is I remember might have been this time last year actually you were talking about placing all of your futures in bitcoin oh yes and we might oh, be getting yes. a little off topic here is that something you still believe in going yes. forward or is that something you're looking to readdress this season in for 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 nfl especially i think it's important uh if and i say that because the tradition looks to be holding uh, that the fall through the early winter is just a bull run for Bitcoin. There's just, you know, what people, people are getting, uh, people get the fever for whatever reason this time of year, and it just makes a bull run. And then uh, there's a sell-off usually come January, February. Uh, and so if you're, you know, if you're getting, you know, division, you know, division wins, win totals, uh, you know, 
player, I guess, I guess not Super Bowl necessarily or conference because by the time that rolls around, who knows what's going on with the price because it gets a little weird around Chinese New Year. This is all way off the way off the grid. But uh, yeah. there's a sell-off. Oh, yeah, we, we haven't gone on any business. other tangents yet. So <laughs> There's a sell-off of Bitcoin. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot or anything. I just no, no, bring no, this up like, like a year yeah, ago, it, and I was curious if your, your, yes. your philosophy still stood or not. It Well, so far, so far I have, I've done pretty well. Like, the biggest futures bets I placed uh, in 2018 to this point were Warriors, and I did it all via Bitcoin, and it didn't matter for squat because the price was virtually flat between like all February and, uh, and June when all of those came home. Uh, so, so, so in that, in that sense, it worked out. I was a little, I was a little disappointed in the Bitcoin books futures limits. Uh, I had to do like multiple bets to get as much as I was looking to get down on all that. Um, and, uh, that some of that like, has to be volatility though. I would assume it could be, they're yeah. trying to, they're trying to they, limit their own exposure. Yeah. And in fact, uh, it was really funny. Like nitrogen sports is one of the ones that I use and, um, they really, really, they must've, they must've just been so overexposed on warriors futures because they had like their NBA futures down a lot. Like you couldn't like find them on most days. And then sometimes some random days I would check and they would be there and I would look and the price was kind of, you know, about the same, you know, minus 150, minus 125 range. And uh, I would get more down, but, uh, but they must've just been overexposed as hell because that thing kept disappearing. They were not willing to take bets regularly for the NBA at least. Um, but it's, I think it's a very worthwhile uh, strategy as far as uh, if you have Bitcoin and you are thinking, should I deposit this in an offshore in order to make U.S. dollar bets on, you know, win totals and things like that, or should I find a, a Bitcoin sports book to do that? I think that your money will sit there and, you know, in the queue uh, and grow U.S. dollar wise while it's uh, still at risk. Um, and you know, this is somewhat of a hunch, but I think you know we're at like 8k right now for Bitcoin. It was like 65 k this time last week and um well, you know most of the big government right yeah yeah we're, we're back it's more good. to where it should be as opposed yes. to nineteen thousand, which is you know what what it was around new year last year right yes i, I yes, mean i'm yes, by yes. no means an expert but that got way out of its out of it yes yeah it was full-on yeah. bubble it was full-on bubble uh <laughs> bubble euphoria going on in uh like late december for sure uh and um you know will we see it again in december maybe uh or you know it could be it could be a, a multi-year cycle and we could just see some you know fundamental sort of growth um but i would say you're gonna probably recoup you know you you would for nfl at least you would probably recoup more gains betting in bitcoin at the beginning of the season than you would betting in u.s dollars but i don't have lots of uh i don't have lots of background to support that it's right. more of a gut more of a gut thing well as somebody who sold everything and bought it nineteen thousand, i got nothing left to lose anymore anyway, <laughs> so i might as well place all my bets in bitcoin at this point <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Kidding. The name of the—I mean, at this point, the name of the game is getting more Bitcoin, and the uh, only way to do that is to bet Bitcoin. So uh, that's uh, that's funny. The um, uh, Andy, uh, I have a couple more. Do you have any others you want to get off your chest uh, related to? How many, how many uh, do you have? How bad well, was your? How bad did your year go? <laughs> it didn't go that badly. I, 
I'm just kind of thinking. I'm just kind of thinking entertainment at this point, and Twitter and information and stuff like that. I'm not really talking about making bets anymore. I've gotten those off my chest. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. No. I. I mean, there's just little things I'd like to improve, but the biggest ones were. I. I honestly, I looked for the problems, the weak spots, and it was definitely overbetting teasers and not having reasons to do it. The the totals that I suck at totals, and then what was my first one? I don't know. Oh, just get, yeah, get in the get in the get in the routine. Yeah, I, I just when, yeah. when we brought this up, I just I did I looked for spots that I was weak. Um, I think we talk about futures. Yeah. Looking for value in futures throughout the season, especially and this is going to tie into a next uh, maybe maybe the next episode. I don't know if we're doing that next, but breaking down the schedule. And we're going to look at the schedule, and we might find some teams that we have ranked highly, we have power rated highly, we have high expectations for them on the season, but possibly they have a really shitty schedule to start with. And if you can get a team that you really think will be in the playoffs, maybe 10, 11 wins, but their first four games, you're looking at two and two, possibly even an unlucky one and three, Maybe don't don't take their future to win the conference, to win the division, to win the Super Bowl, to make the playoffs. Maybe don't take them preseason. Maybe take them after game four. And that could come back and bite you. They could be way better than you think, go 4-0, and oh, and then all the value is gone. But if you think you can do something along those lines, or as the season, maybe not even planning ahead, as the season goes on, if you see a team like they're not as bad as, you know, the market makes them out to be. I don't feel in my heart, in my mind, in my soul that they're that bad. <laughs> five, and five times, I, I, I don't think it, I don't think enough people bet. Uh, they they bet win totals. They bet futures preseason, and that's all they do. Five times, I believe, does early season adjusted win totals up until week four. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so, they're, so the Patriots, I mean, after they lost like game one last year to the the Chiefs, their their season win total went from like eleven and a half down to ten and a half after the first week loss. And I again, these aren't you know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but those are I agree. Oh, that's a great example to look at. Yeah, I did. I didn't mean. I didn't even mention win totals. I was talking, you know, futures. <clears throat> but that's a. Yeah, that's I like a, that's I, another great angle. I like that point a lot, and I'll bring in a couple of five dimes, and then at the end of the season, they did some cool stuff too, where they were offering to make the playoffs with like four weeks to go, five weeks to go. Uh, yeah, they, they, they they pretty much keep they keep rehanging um, division uh, division prices all throughout, and there was lots when of do value I get in to, that. Like uh, when do I get yeah. to cash my Ravens to make the playoffs? <laughs> Like four weeks to go. Is that that's got to be coming up soon? I think it's right? got to be. Yes, it should be still live, right? They're gonna make the playoffs. Four percent or five percent chance they don't make the playoffs in the last week and they don't make it. That was unbelievable. You were on that joke. too. I I will never forget uh-huh. that one. That I had I got, that I one. That. I think I had the Chargers too uh, as well. And uh, mm-hmm. the Chargers one I covered by betting the shit out of the Chiefs versus the Chargers head to head with like week fifteen. Um, but, uh, but that, uh, yeah, the, the Ravens and the Chargers not making the playoffs last year was truly spectacular. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, okay. Uh, 
couple notes though to piggyback on Andy, and this is maybe kind of a, a helpful resolution to some of the you know newer, better listeners out there who are listening. Uh, but um, one of the things that really kind of helped me in the past, um, kind of maintaining some bankroll management discipline stuff. Um, I don't really have any issues with that anymore. At least it's been a couple of years since I was ever like, holy shit, I'm on tilt. But, um, but after a particularly successful weekend betting in the NFL, like say you go eight and three or whatever, and your bankroll is just flush with extra money. Right. And you're like, uh, you're tempted to up your unit size. You're tempted to kind of, you know, give yourself a whole hell of a lot of credit. Like you got the league figured out. Um, that to me is a really useful time to like go and look at the futures market and do exactly like Gandhi was describing and try to find value on teams, uh, that you can kind of suck some of those winnings away, uh, at a favorable prices, uh, and then kind of keep them out of your grubby hands to re, you know, reinvest on the Sunday night football game or the Monday night game when you didn't intend to put a play on that sort of stuff. Um, so that was a, that was a kind of an effective man, you know, effective bankroll management strategy I used to use yeah, back in the day. That's not, and that's not a, a huge, uh, I, I like how you spun that into a future, but that's not like a, uh, a new year's resolution, like we'd said, but that's just good advice. Like don't, don't <laughs> get too excited when you have a good week. Don't go yeah. nuts and be like, well, I'm playing, I'm playing all the games next week. That's just. That's something that happens too much. Even even yeah. in my head, I'm like, oh, so good. I'm gonna do good this week. Maybe I can find a few more bets. Why yeah. go five and zero oh when you can go eight and zero? Oh? Yeah, have a strategy for bankroll management before you enter the season. I do it every single year. I have okay. I'm going to. This is my. You know, this is this is my unit size. These are how I'm gonna do variable unit bets depending on confidence and edge and things like that. And stick to it. Don't don't. You know, don't uh, don't let the dynamic uh, forces over the course of the season, winning and losing, uh, you know, help you know deviate you from from a good good strategy heading into the season. So, um, I, I I think having a solid process can help that too, because you know ultimately you're going to end up with an you know an O for a week, an O for four, O for five, whatever. And having a good solid process where you know you 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 know Sunday night you're you're back digging into the numbers Monday you know you're Monday Tuesday Wednesday you're back you're back doing the same thing every week whether you win whether you lose and and I you know I think that can help help mitigate some of those highs and some of those lows and help keep you evened out which which can help you to to stick with that solid bankroll management as well. I love yeah, it. That, there is definitely a flip side to that. If you have a shitty week, don't don't change everything. You know, no. you're not the world's worst better. I mean, I can't speak for you. You maybe are. But Statistically <laughs> speaking, you know, you're bound to have a really good week and a really awful week throughout yeah. throughout any season. So, oh yeah, just stay consistent. Yep, yep, I love it. Um, Okay, so pivoting then from actual betting resolutions, uh, as far as my like Twitter experience and social media intake and whatnot goes, um, I'm going to one. I want to do a better job of kind of capturing like uh, the really funny, entertaining as hell tweets that come that pop up 
on gambling Twitter over the course of an NFL Sunday and pop them into some kind of a post on Monday morning so I can kind of relive the most entertaining parts of gambling Twitter experience because, you know, it's to the point, at least for me, where I'm almost more interested in seeing what people have to say about something on Twitter and following the jokes and the memes and all of the nonsense that goes on during the course of a really entertaining game, I'm equally like entertained by that as I am by kind of what's happening in the game and, and the game experience itself. Uh, you know, the, the, the crossover, you know, social part of it has become so, you know, so entertaining that I just have to, you know, have to, uh, uh, I think I have to do a little bit of better job of kind of curating some of it, I guess. Uh, and like giving people like more solid credit when they're like just cranking out really funny entertaining content you know um so i'm gonna try to post uh uh some you know do like a post every week of like the top five you know power rank like power rank the top five like gambling twitter posts uh on the course of an nfl nfl sunday the stuff that i just found like especially funny or especially and, awesome and, you know not, not even gambling twitter but i mean just nfl twitter in general yeah, exactly nfl twitter in general yeah, absolutely and absolutely. i'm definitely so. gonna be i'm definitely gonna be hunting for those with you we talked about this just what like an hour and a half ago yeah and it might, it, it, hopefully it turns out good because we were both jacked up about how this is the best idea since sliced bread but, uh, i'll do i'll <laughs> definitely do the positive one can you find like the embarrassing ones yeah no i'm 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 all over that oh boy stay <laughs> off my timeline then uh, not not to the point of like old takes kind of stuff just uh yeah oh, right 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 just right. The, just, just dumb shit yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll curate the excellence, and you, uh, you, you do what you can do for the other <laughs> side of the funny stuff, for the stuff we would laugh at, not not laugh with. <laughs> okay. All That's right. funny. I like it. I like it. Well, this was a great pod. Uh, training camp really and truly does start all across the land this week, and uh, we are going to have fascinating stories to talk about uh, through the coming. Uh, month of August as we prepare for the NFL season to start. Uh, we will do division previews uh, coming up in about two weeks once we kind of get um, a full sense of how each team is shaping up. And uh, once we pro- probably after we see them play one preseason game, you think that's the right time to start doing season to do division previews, Andy? Oh, when's the first cut? When do they? Uh, first cuts are probably like August fifteenth ish. Yeah. All fame uh, well, game. All fame game yeah. is a week from Sunday, right? It's August second. Yeah. Let's look at the schedule. Make sure we leave enough time to touch on all the divisions, and then so, somewhere around there, though, I like. I feel like you get a better sense of the team after they've cut some players, and you're not trying to look at eighty-five guys or whatever it is. Right. I think maybe that is the first cut is down to that. Ugh. There's so many, so many people they bring in. It's, um, it's I guess before, uh, before we let you, okay. So if you don't already, Alex uh, Bartlett, outstanding follow on Twitter. His, uh, his um, insights, not just into like the games of the week, but the process and, and stuff that's going on in just and the game. Lady it'll, it'll, it'll help you make, Yes, it'll help make you smarter. Uh, in the meantime, capture some of his uh, phenomenal winners in the professional softball circuit. Um, where can they find you, Alex? At Bartlett157, B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T, 157. 
Okay, and we'll we'll link you in the show notes too. So give his uh, give his page a look over, give him a follow, and um, uh, before we let you go, uh, do you have uh, a prediction you want to throw out there heading into this uh, this preseason? Uh, NFL stuff. NFL stuff. Any or actually anything. Any any one, prediction you want to make. Super one super bold one. Yes, yeah, just oh, just a, a just a golden thread uh, from the back of your brain. You're like, I've this 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 uh, this take has been. It doesn't have to be a hot take, but just uh, just something that uh, that's really kind of been marinating and waiting for NFL to start. That you could just uh, waiting to get off your chest. I I I don't. I'm I'm hoping this is bold. I I've seen it a couple other places with some people that I, I believe are really smart NFL minds. I think the Bears are not totally out of the running to win the NFC North. I see too many parallels between them and the Rams from last year with a new coach, <laughs> second-year quarterback yes. who everybody thinks is terrible. I think the Rams' defense is probably in higher regard, uh, regard and, and people think Wade Phillips is a better defense coordinator, which which he is, but – I, you know, I, will they? Probably not. Do I think it's totally out of the question? No. Uh, I, Bears, Bears to win the North. Why not? I love this. I love it. Shit, I get the Bears to win the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> not, right. not as a, not as a, not as a prediction, but as a bet. Well, what, what, what number did you get on that, Andy? Do you remember, Andy? It's still the same <laughs> it's number. It's bold, not stupid. Yeah, no, I get, I get. 50 to 1. It's still just 50, 50 to 1. Okay. Okay. I, I think it's a solid bet. I think they could be in the playoffs. And then, it, you know, if you, if you want some hedge opportunities and that's the way you like to approach things. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, no. I don't, yeah, I don't think they're going to win the NFC. That'd be, no, no, no. That'd no. Be but lunacy. but if, they, if they sneak into the playoffs at 50 to 1, you've got, you've got opportunities there. You've got some, you know, you can decide what to do with, you, with your ticket from there. So, yeah. They got, and they I will, got a real I will deal. Shout out to the I don't, yeah. I don't shout out any books ever, but uh, sportsbook.ag, I will. I use them for some futures, and it sucks when the lines aren't as good sometimes. Often, if the lines are the same, I will use them. They have a cash-out button. Nice. Love a cash-out button for a future. <laughs> it it is that. really nice. You have to have a bunch of bankroll in play to do hedging week after week. Yeah, especially right. Especially what could be – three weeks worth of hedging just losing 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 and finally winning at the end so yeah i, I you yeah. probably lose a little value on those fucking buttons but it's nice it's better than having to try to come up with the bankroll to cover those sometimes that's for damn sure um yeah. and i love your i love your prediction now alex uh i don't i think it's pretty uh i don't think that there's an argument uh no team upgraded their coaching situation more than the bears from last year to this year, there's really no, there's really no arguing this. Um, they made it. That to keep... says more about the the outgoing than the incoming. I think, but still, <laughs> great. It I was think a great the only upgrade. way I would have liked the Bears hire more is if they would have gotten. Um... Oh man, uh, fuck! No, I'm Jeff Fisher. Yeah, yeah Bears would have gotten Jeff Fisher locked into a seven and nine season. How, how can you not love that? <laughs> So yes, out John Fox outgoing, bringing in uh, Nagy, who seems to have uh, been a super important part of the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive approach, which was novel and um, and groundbreaking, especially early in the season last year. I really, uh, 
yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm bullish on the Bears as well, and that was a great way to end this. Let's wrap it up. And uh, Andy, talk some football next week. You ready? Talk some football fucking tomorrow. Oh yeah, tune in to uh, two days on YouTube.